Hello, and welcome to the Lower League Show. I'm Josh Dawson. As you've probably gathered, I'm not your usual host. Um, I'm here with Jack Goodwin, the usual host. Uh, he's a replacement guest tonight for Olivia. And I'm with your usual guest, Lewis Welsh. How are you, Lewis? I'm fine, thank you. Uh, well, so today we're talking about... Uh, we're going to start off with Preston North End and Fulham. So Jack, as a Preston fan, um, do you want to get us underway? Yeah, I went to the game um, at Craven Cottage and it was a disappointing one for North End. We started the game really well. Uh, we were on the front foot, something that we've not done as much in the last few games, starting our away games on the front foot. But it was just we didn't get that goal. And I think the majority of North End fans said to each other at half-time, they went, we're going to regret not taking those chances. And... We certainly did because Fulham got the lucky goal, a flick on by David Nugent, um, and then and then Fulham scored after we pushed everyone forward for a corner uh, in the dying seconds of the game, and they went up, up the other end and scored. So it's one of them. I mean, you look at it as a, as a disappointment that we lost, but we didn't give Fulham many opportunities. Um, so I, obviously we're not going to get top two now. We're looking at the playoffs. We look like we, we may get playoffs. We're doing well. We've got a, a nice run of games coming up as well, even though every game in the Championship for grant is, is we shouldn't take for granted. Um, but I, I certainly think that the performance we put up against an away side like Fulham is promising going into the playoffs if we do have to play a team like Fulham. Did you think you deserved more from the game then? Um, I, do, I think a draw would have been fair. I think if either team deserved to win, it would have been Fulham. But... We dominated the first half, they dominated the second half. It was as simple as that. So I think 1-1 would have been fair. I think 2-0 did flatter them. So, yeah. So, Lewis, Jack mentioned the top two for Preston, obviously, as he suggested that it's out of the equation now. Mm. What's the top two on in the first place? I wouldn't have said so, no. No, neither would I. It was when we were top of the league after beating Charlton. Difference is you're not now. (laughs) Um, But no, you've got a very definite top two now. Um, The only way that'll change is if... is with one of West Brom or Leeds replacing the other in the league position, really. You know, you're not going to have any teams from outside those creeping to those top two places, no. You don't think Fulham will? Five points off, ten games left? No, I think it'll be... No, I think Leeds have just found the rhythm again now and I think it'll be hard for, to, for them to break that stride. So, yeah, you've got a definitive top two there. Who do you think will top the table? West Brom. Jack? Leeds. Leeds, I'm with you on Leeds. I think they've hit up at form now, so let's play some nice stuff. It's got a great goal at the weekend. Yeah, I think the issue is you have um, West Brom, you know, they've... They've they were in a bit of form. Okay, they have just lost to Wigan, so it's a case of if they can get back into this stride, and it should just be a stroll to the finish for them. But it it is up to Leeds now just to keep putting the pressure on them with the form that they found. I think they're the best team in the league. They play like champions. I think West Brom have encountered luck along the way. Um, the the, the defence isn't as solid as Leeds is I think the uh, West Brom are a team that rely on a lot of individual quality on the likes of how Robson Carney who have come up with a bit of magic especially on Matthews Pereira and now Callum Robinson but Leeds are a team they all play the same way they've been playing the same way for the last two years and I think they are built for the Premier League they remind me a lot of Wolves when they were in the mm. Championships mm. I, I completely agree with that. They've got like Wolves played with the the far, was it a three four three formation back then yeah, or was it three, three five 
three, three back. It was three, <laughs> four, three back then. They're now at three, five, two, aren't they? But mm. they played with a three, four, three. It's similar to our Leeds are now playing with the four, one, four, one formation. It's every single game they play that formation. The, the personnel doesn't really change, even when they've got the likes of Eddie Nicotier, who is now starting for Arsenal, or uh, Jean Kevin Augustine. They're still not coming in place of Patrick Bamford. He doesn't get the goals, but he works hard, which is what Bielsa wants. So I think they are ready made for the Premier League. He gets a bit of stick, Bamford, to be fair. Mm. What do you make of him? If Leeds were to go up, well, I mean, it's looking clear that they might. Where did they improve? Did they sign a new striker? Um, it's just a case of do they bring in someone up, finding someone else who fits Bielsa's style, like, you know. The best way to describe Patrick Bamford is a bit, he's a bit like Marmite. Some people love him, some people hate him. Bielsa's obviously on the loving him side of it. So, it's, you know, as as divisive as he is, I can really see Bielsa giving him a chance in the Premier League until about January and then see where they go from there with him, I suppose. Well, let's move on to the top six promotion race then. So, the fight for the playoffs then, Jack. At the moment, as things stand... Who do you see taking the four playoff spaces? Mm, interesting one. Um, well, I think yeah, Fulham have probably got it now, even though a couple of weeks ago I said they probably wouldn't. But actually, no, let's think of that. Actually, Fulham, you're looking at their fixtures, actually. I saw a start of their last 10. They've got seven of the top 12 to play. So you're looking at their fixtures coming up. They've got Bristol City, Brentford, and Leeds in the next three. After that, they've got Forest. They've still got Cardiff, West Brom to play. So that is a lot of... They've, they've only got three of the, the bottom half to play at from the last seven. So I think Fulham may be looking... If they, if they, do, if they don't come out on the better with those games, um, I think Preston will get it. I don't know if that's slight bias. I don't, I don't know about you, Lewis. Obviously, you've seen us a couple of times this year. I don't think we play like a top six side. I think we take our chances when it comes about. I think mm. if you're looking at how we play, I think we're probably a mid-table side. We don't dominate games, really. We don't play teams off the park, but we take our chances and we're effective. I wouldn't be as harsh as saying as you, you play like a mid-table team. I'd say maybe top half, but certainly not. It's, top eight? Mm, I don't think they play like a team that should be in the playoffs, but at the same time, I think that just shows testament to Alex Neal's work there, that mm. you can get them in that position without perhaps playing as you'd expect a team in that position to play. I think there's if you're looking at teams outside the playoffs who who could come in, obviously the obvious ones are Bristol City, but they're on a downward slope. If you watch Lee Johnson's conferences after the game, he, he seems like he's lost his head. Um, I think they've only picked up one point from the last five. I think, and this is a controversial one because they're still in the bottom half, and I've said this a couple of times, but Derby County, they've not had the best season. They've got ten games left. They're eight points off the playoffs. I think if there's any team that are going to get a run together with their home form, I think they've, with us and uh, Preston, Derby and Fulham, have got the best home record in the league. If Derby can sort out their away record, especially with Wayne Rooney there, who is a standard above most of the players in this league, I think they could get a run together and, and could sneak in. I don't know about sneaking into the playoffs. Um, you know, they have just had a run where they've only won one of the last five, so I think that might have cost them in the long term, but. I can certainly see them piecing the rest of their season together and maybe just getting outside of the playoffs. Who uh, would, for them to get in, who would miss out? See, that's what I'm thinking, really. It would be, like, be Preston or Brentford to miss out, wouldn't it? Brentford. 
I, 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 I just don't know about Brentford. They remind me a lot of Bristol City, and Bristol City are street. They're managed by Streaky Lee. They they are a team that go on a lot of streaks under Dean Smith. They went on winning runs, losing runs, and under Thomas Frank, especially last year, they went on winning and losing runs. And this year, they've done this similar sort of pattern. So if they do go on a bit of a rut, which they are in at the moment, let's remember that they haven't won any of the last five games. They've not won in five games. They've got Sheffield Wednesday uh, next, but after that, they've got Fulham and West Brom. I don't see Brentford picking up a point against Fulham away, and I don't see them getting a point against West Brom either. If they lose those two games, they are in a rut because that would be one win from the last eight. I think Brentford are in real trouble, and they are a quality team. There's no denying that. They're one of the best teams in the league, but I think with ten games left... Teams can flap it, and I think I can see Brentford flapping it. You may have gone to this. Um, I suppose it's just a case of, again, teams outside of the playoffs putting that pressure on them. You know, you've got Bristol City, who aren't on a fantastic run of form themselves. Um, but then you look at Blackburn, who are, all of a sudden, they've really come out of nowhere, really. So they're going to be keeping quite a few teams in the playoffs on their toes, particularly Brentford. Maybe Preston, if they were to suffer a downturn in form, I suppose. It's certainly an interesting one to follow, Preston. Yeah, so Gary Monk, you mentioned Sheffield Wednesday there. The pressure's really piling up on him. If they lose the next game, what happens to him? Does he go, Lewis? Well, given that the next game... It's against Man City in the FA Cup, that's a bit of okay, a... League game. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, the Man City game's kind of a... Kind of um, Kind of already gone, really. They're not going to win that. But if you look, they've got Brentford in the next game, who, as we were just saying, are on a very poor run of form. Um, so, as much as I think Gary Monk will need to win that to um, kind of almost save his reputation with Sheffield Wednesday's fans I don't see him going at least not until the end of the season no like you know they're not in real danger of relegation they're not going to trouble the playoffs I think they just kind of need to see that the season out that little bit of stability even if it isn't the most popular move and see what the options are come the end of the season they've got Brentford they've got Sheffield uh, they've got uh, the Sheffield Wednesday I mean they've got <laughs> Fifth in the league, Brentford. They've got fourth in the league, Nottingham Forest. Seventh in the league, Bristol City. Um, top of the league, West Brom. Ninth in the league, Swansea. And sixth in the league, Preston. So no team below ninth in their next six games. Which could see them plummet all the way down. Down, depend, varying on other results. It's uh, 18th place. But I, within the next five games, you make the point, Josh, about whether Gary Monk should go. In my opinion, no, because he's coming midway. Well, not midway, but he's coming after three or four games after Lee Bullen's done a done a decent job there with Sheffield Wednesday. Um, but he's coming at after Steve Bruce has left. So don't, they hardly made any signings because of the financial fair play situation as well. They've got a lot of ownership issues, and to be fair, I was saying at Christmas. I actually put something out on Twitter when they beat Leeds and they went to third in the league. I said, Gary Monk, if the season finishes now, he wins Manager of the Year. So one bad run that they've been on this season. They're down to 12th. But you look at their squad. It's an ageing squad that 
was built by Carlos Carvajal, host Luke Luke High, or however you pronounce it, Steve Bruce, and now Gary Monk. That's four managers that this team is under. You've got still got the likes of Stephen Fletcher, who's doing well. You've got you've got just same players that have been playing for Wednesday for years now. I think if you offered Sheffield Wednesday after Steve Bruce controversially left to take on the Newcastle role mid-table at the start of the season, I think they would have taken it. I don't know about you, Lewis. Um, I think, yeah, they probably would have taken it if it hadn't have been for that down, down that downturn in form, perhaps. like that, that just kind of puts a sour note on it for me, really. Like, it obviously is an achievement when you take everything into account, but given where they were, they could maybe have done that slight bit better, in my opinion. Let's move on to the relegation battle. Um, we've got, obviously, now there's a mix of teams in and around that. Wigan, obviously, at the weekend, good result. Um, Charlton, Stoke, Middlesbrough, Barnsley, Luton down there. Is there any chance for Middlesbrough... Lewis, um, no, I, I, I think Middlesbrough could be gone. You know, they've they've been on a horrendous run of form since, uh, since the turn of the year. You know, they've not won since New Year's Day against Preston. Um, and, you know, with teams in and around and picking up form. You know, Barnsley, they're picking up wins here and there. Luton, a team who looked dead and buried, they're looking like they could maybe. Just about stay up if things were to go in their favour. Who but, drops in then if they pick up? If they continue on their form, you've got um, well, it's obviously Stoke in twenty first, Charlton, Wigan, Hull, and Huddersfield making up seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth. Mm. I would say Charlton would be that team that drop into the bottom three, in my opinion. You know, they've been struggling. Um, you'd have thought after the takeover that they had to, you know, give them that feel good factor after what happened with their owner in the past. Um, you'd have thought. You know, they'd, they'd, they'd do well in the transfer window. They'd have a sudden upturn in four, but it's just not happened for them. So, yeah, I think they, if there was to be a team to be in that bottom three that isn't currently, it will be Charlton. Just quickly, Jack, anything to add? Yeah, I can't believe that Middlesbrough haven't sacked Jonathan Woodgate yet. Mm. They came into the season with a top six side. I, I think they've got some quality players there. Daniel Ayala. Fantastic player for this division. The front two, Asabalonga, Ashley Fletcher, they're a top six strikers. Um, obviously, they had Darren Randolph for the first half of the season. They've got Ravel Morrison, Patrick Roberts, Marvin Johnson. These are all players of, of a top six standard. I, I think if you're setting yourself a target at the start of the season, because Middlesbrough finished seventh last year, and I know they got rid of a few players to get rid of the Deadwood, but <clears throat> I think if they kept Tony Pulis with the way he builds sides, I think they would have got top six this year. But instead of looking at it, they're in, they've got ten games left and they're in the relegation zone because they took a punt on Woodgate. I think he should have gone a long time ago. And I hardly ever think a manager should get sacked. Um, whilst I agree with you on Woodgate, I can't say I agree on the idea that they would have been top six this season, you know. Um, you know That's a bold... Yes, top six is a bold statement. Yeah, like... Tony Pearlis, don't get me wrong, he's an okay manager, but I, you know, things have just gone stale there for him. He'd, he'd lost the fans, and you know, when you've lost them, it's just no way back, really. Who's got top six sides then? Who, who, which squads are built for top six? Um, 
Obviously, you've got West Bromley, Fulham, Forest. Yeah. No, I wouldn't agree with Forest. Well, they're in there. Yeah, they are in there. Mm-hmm. Swansea. Yeah, I, I was going to say Swansea. You know, they've got a very good squad in my opinion. Um, I'd go Blackburn with the amount now. I'd go with the amount of money they're spending and the players where they're coming from. Fulham are the no- undisputed number one. Yeah, I think West Brom and Leeds are definitely in the top three as well. And then I think you've got Bristol City who have spent a lot of money that goes under the radar. Brentford have spent a lot of money again that goes under the radar. Where do you stand People on think, Swansea then? Uh, Mid table. Mid table. Mid table. Really? Probably really? about. They're probably about where. Cardiff are similar to Cardiff. No, no. It's Cardiff and Birmingham. No. Okay, maybe, maybe if you take yeah. aside the spending, but the squad they've got, spending's a different. They've got a decent spending, squad. They've got a lot of young players though. Spending's a different matter, but talent-wise, where's the experience in that team? Our experience is nothing. What is it with you and experience? <laughs> You've got to have experience. What is it with you and experience? Someone's here showing that you don't need that much experience in the squad. Like, look where they are. Yeah, they're over. Well, they're not over. They're doing pretty decent for where they are the ninth in the league I would say Preston and Offender are the most overachieving side and that's not biased they are the no, most overachieving no, yeah, yeah I agree with that but I, I think Swansea are mid-table Middlesbrough are top six side Sheffield Wednesday are about 15th you would say yeah yeah I agree with that one your bottom three is Barn- <coughs> Barnsley Barnsley Charlton Luton yeah. bottom three yeah um, yeah, I, I, that's why I think, and I think it goes under the radar. A lot of pundits and people forget about the amount of money Brentford has spent and the quality they have bought. Pontus Janssen's playing for them. He was the arguably in the last two three years has been the best player in the championship. The best defender, maybe. But yeah, I but, but, I mean, saying, that's what I meant. Best. I was going to say best defender in the league. Yeah, we're going to have to move on. We're getting a little bit short on time. So, obviously, today Blackpool have appointed Neil Critchley, Liverpool under-23s manager. Let's go over to you, Jack. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on that appointment? Is it a good one? Well, obviously, I've watched Liverpool under-23s quite a lot because my mate's, um, my mate's a player for them. Um, so, I've seen them probably about ten times, and they play good football. And obviously you expect that from a Liverpool on the 23 side, but they play good attacking football. He's well spoken of. Obviously Jurgen Klopp is a massive admirer of him, giving him the opportunity to manage in professional cup games with the first team uh, twice this season. Um, and I think he's one of, is it one of 15 managers that have got the highest UEFA qualification in in this country? Mm. I, I think I think that's a, a stat for you. Um, so I think it's a decent appointment. It's an exciting one. It's I'm, I'm excited by it because it's not one of the usual ones where they're appointing someone like Neil Warnock, Mick McCarthy, someone who's been around the block for ages, just keeps getting sacked from jobs and getting hired at a new one. At least they, they give an opportunity to a 41-year-old who I think deserves it. Yeah. And then you look at how many young players are coming through at Liverpool this season. Yeah. Obviously, you can take a look at Jurgen Klopp's influence on that. But at the same time, you have to look at how Neil Critch is getting these players ready to, to not only get the other parents in the first team, but you look at them and you think half of these could walk into some Premier League teams. I think with I think for Blackpool as well, it's a big opportunity. Obviously, with Neil Critchley going in, there's a chance that they could get some of the Liverpool under twenty three players on loan even, and they can come in and maybe get some first team appearances because I'm sure they'll happily go and get regular first team football elsewhere. Exactly, just for a season on loan. Yeah. So. 
Because yeah. Blackpool are known for bringing loan players. They've got enough players at yeah. the moment. Anyway. Whether, whether you, I mean, there's a strong argument you go, are they over relying on loan players? Yeah. You can make a very strong case, as you can for Fleetwood Town. So moving on to Fleetwood Town, Blackpool versus Fleetwood this weekend. Um, obviously, Fleetwood strong favourites going into the tie, but Joey Barton is actually um, in the stands for that game. <laughs> Shark. <laughs> Shark horror. Um, could there be a manager bounce for Blackpool? Lewis? A- absolutely. Like, um, and they couldn't have picked a better man for it, in my opinion. But, um, yeah, so even with the form Fleetwood are in, um, that could prove to be quite a difficult factor for them to deal with. Like, I was saying to you last week that that, that was a Fleetwood win all over it, but. I, I can see it being a draw now, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's our match day podcast, which you can listen to online as well. Um, yeah, um, so, Jack, anything to add to that? Um, yeah, I think Blackpool may experience a little bit of a manager bounce, a lot of excitement around the place. Um, Fleetwood have obviously got a big game coming up on Tuesday away at Ipswich Town at Portman Road. That is yeah. a huge game for Fleetwood in terms of the, who gets into those playoffs because Ipswich are just three points behind them. Granted, Fleetwood have two games in hand on them. Yeah, they are bang out of form. I think is a, I know at the weekend, out of the top six, last six games, I think Ipswich had got three points or something. Yeah, and it, it is mm. shocking. It is really In terms form. of the recruitment they've done there, the players they've got, the likes of Luke Garbutt playing at that level, and they, they, they can't even get in the playoffs. There was, talk of, there was talk of a manager sack in there at one point. I don't. I think it was a ridiculous statement, but that's the form they're in. I think with ten games left, especially when you're in this playoff mix, I think it will be ridiculous to sack a manager now. If they get in the playoffs, it should be all right. But if they don't get in the playoffs, I can see Lambert going. And I, I think the issue is though with, I say it time and again um, that you know they gave him a five-year contract in January. They're gonna to have to pay loads to pay him out, and I think that is, for me, a big issue as to why he's not gone just yet. When you know a manager on maybe a one-year or two-year contract probably would have gone by now. I believe there's a clause in his contract that means if they don't get playoffs, he can go and they won't have to pay him off. Is that in terms of sacking him or in terms of teams coming in for him? Though I'm not too sure to be honest. Um, but yeah, I I think Ipswich are massively underachieving in my opinion, and I think Fleet will need a win as well because I think again, like we were saying in the championship, they're a side that's built for the top six, and it'll be a disappointment for the Cod Army if they don't get playoffs. Mm. Fleet are in terrific form at the moment. Mm. I mean, um, I think they're unbeaten in nine Fleetwood. Um, obviously, they were very unlucky not to get the win against Sunderland. Um, Midweek game called off against Tranmere at the weekend, which we've heard a few complaints about that pitch. Barry McKay's made a good start, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, he got his first goal against Sunderland. Um, he's been very good. He's been unlucky not to score. Um, the two lads from Everton have been very good as well. Gibson, uh, Gibson especially. Um, Connolly's kicked in as well now. He's had a little bit uh, longer than Gibson but Gibson's come in and we started keeping clean sheets left right and centre been a lot more solid at the back um, but just finally we've got a few minutes left uh, we'll move down to League 2 Cheltenham are on a very impressive run of form Lewis 
yeah, um, it was a big win for him against Colchester, a team who hadn't lost at home in the league since October. So I, I personally had that one down to draw, but it was a sensational result for him to get that. You know, five wins on the bounce from now as well. You are beginning to look at them as a side who we might be seeing in League One this season. So even with some of the sides against that you are you having around those playoffs, I, I could easily see them going up, you know. Jack? Yeah, tremendous job that uh, Michael Duff is, is doing at Cheltenham. Um, I think uh, the, the football they're witnessing at Wadden Road is uh, is also impressive because I think what you saw when when he got appointed was a lot of negativity because people thought he was going to bring... Because he came from uh, Sean Dyche's setup, so yeah. people thought he may bring a bit more Brexit means Brexit sort of four four two football. Um, but they've actually played some good football. They play with a back three, don't they? And, yeah. Um, some of the... I mean... Uh, William Boyle, Charlie Raglan, they they they've been crucial players for Cheltenham this year, mm. and Alfie May. Let's not let's mention him as well. Um, he's come in from uh, League One from the division above, and since he's come in in January, he scored six goals and eleven starts. So he seems to be in a crucial signing. And you talk about Cheltenham, um, they're making the most of the signings. He had five strikers in uh, when the at the start of the season. So in January, Michael Duff went. I want three more. And they went and bought three more with Alfie May being one of them. So they've actually got eight strikers in that side. They've got Tom Nichols, Tavon Campbell, George Lloyd, John Tay Smith, Alex Aday, Ruben Reed, um, Luke Varney, and obviously Alfie May. That is eight forwards in that team. And they've all played more than eight games this season. So it, it, it's rotation that's key and it, it seems to be working. Absolutely. And um, and I think you could make a case for um, Cheltenham just... Uh, completely been revitalised since coming back into the Football League and yeah I think with that, all that in mind we could be seeing him in League 1 do you think they'll go up? I think they could you know they've certainly got a chance like um, it'll be a tough it'll be a tough ask particularly if any of that top 3 in League 2 drop into the playoffs but yeah they've certainly got a real chance of going up I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet against them it's completely uh, so many teams up there I think I think if we're going off on on a on a, on a, on a just on a tangent, um, I think the three that do go up, I'd go for Plymouth being one of them. I'd go for Cheltenham being one of them, and I'd go for Swindon being the other. Well, you think Crewe and Exeter are going to drop out of that top three? I think so. Yeah, there's not much between them, is there? There's only two or three points. Crewe mm, have had one or two iffy results here and there, but I don't know. I still see him being that top three. I, I see Swindon, you know, for winning the league. Um, and as for that third place, you know, I can really see it going to Cheltenham, you know. Mm, I do. I, I think they've got a brilliant tight Like we mentioned, Luke Varney being there, Alfie May, they've mm. all of a sudden got some superb attack. And you look at the defence, and the defence is a lot weaker in terms of on paper where they've come from. Mm. But defence has been one of their strongest suits this year. So, yeah, it'll be it'll definitely be an interesting one. It certainly will. So that's all we've got time for tonight. Um, we've got the flood by Take That coming up in a second. Um, we'd like to thank um, Jack Goodwin for being a pundit tonight, as well as our usual, Lewis Walsh. Um, coming up after the song, we've got Press and Pride against Trafford. Tip-off is 8.15. We'll have Charles um, with you after that. Commentator will be Ian Gornall. 
So we'll be back here usual time next week and we'll hopefully have Olivia with us for that. Uh, I've been Josh Dawson.